following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. With the 50th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Keontae Johnson from Kansas State University. Once again, Keontae Johnson just a step ahead of KU's Jalen Wilson. (laughs) Because Keontae goes 50th overall, Jalen Wilson goes 51st overall to the Brooklyn Nets. Keontae Johnson now a part of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Welcome to the game, a Friday edition. We're on until 5 o'clock. Mitch Forder, Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berkland, the four guys are here. The phone number 537-1350. Phone lines are open for the full show. As, of course, we'll tackle the NBA draft. Plus, this is a pretty big weekend for in-state recruiting for K-State football. We'll get to that a little bit later as well. Plus, we'll hear Keontae Johnson speak to the media for uh, roughly four minutes uh, after he was drafted and his reaction to being picked up by Oklahoma City Thunder. Was Keontae a fan of this Thunder growing up? He'll give us those details mm. here a little bit later on. Uh, before we get there, I just got I, I want to get this out here uh, get, get it out there before I forget about it. I see here, according to Kellis Robinette, that K State's Hayden Gillum from the offensive line and KU fullback Jared Casey are teaming up for an NIL deal. And it's going to be with Applebee's. So I, I got to pump the brakes here just for just a second because Jared Casey's, KU guy, his relationship with Applebee's goes back to when they beat Texas in Austin and he caught the two-point conversion to win the game and he got an NIL deal out of it. He started mm-hmm. doing commercials for Applebee's. Follow-up to that, the Applebee's in Lawrence is now permanently closed. No. <laughs> no way. Went the same way as the football stadium. No way. <laughs> well, no, they're not they're not taking seats out. They just closed the whole thing. Are you serious? But Manhattan still has their Applebee's. That is <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh my god. I did not know that. That is okay. Too bad. That's too bad. Sure. That's too bad. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Troy, explain to us what a two-way contract is. Two-way contract is essentially a contract that allows for the NBA team to be able to call up a player from the G League without having to utilize them on a 10-day period. Uh, It will allow them to return him to the G League team at any point. Uh, There's no length of time that he can be up or has to be down. Uh, In the old days, what and and they still do some uh, with guys that are that are essentially G League guys that maybe they need to fill a brief role on a roster. Say you've got a number of guys that are out with injury. In the old days of the Continental Basketball Association, as the uh, minor league ten day contracts were how they operated, and that was the NBA team had the opportunity to sign the player to a 10-day contract. At the end of the 10 days, they had to make a a decision on whether to re-up that contract, keep the player for another 10 days, or return him to the CBA team. Two of those contracts, then they did have to return the player or sign him to a full deal. 
By doing the two-way deal, it eliminates that 10-day period and allows for a player to be in more of a state of uh, development, if you will, kind of like what minor league baseball amounts to uh, when it's someone that's on the 40-man roster. And every team has a limited amount Correct. of two-way contracts. Mm-hmm. Even though Keontae Johnson was drafted 50th overall by the Oklahoma City Thunder, being the 50th overall player, that is two-way contract territory. Right. Meanwhile, Marquise Noel w- was not drafted. He was picked up in a two-way contract with the Toronto Raptors. So his two-way contract is going to happen with Toronto. Last update, it's not necessarily official with Keontae, but it's most likely going to be a two-way contract situation. So here are some of the details about Keontae Johnson being drafted after his one year at K-State. He's the first cat drafted since Wessawandu by the Orlando Magic in 2017. So it had been six years since the cat had been selected. Uh, Wesley was a 33rd pick. That would be the third pick in the second round back in the 2017 draft. And it's the first time since 1969 the Thunder slash Supersonics franchise had picked a Wildcat. Steve Honeycutt, back in 1969, was the last cat. He was picked by the Seattle Supersonics. Overall, Keontae, the 51st cat ever selected in the NBA draft that dates back to 1947. And he becomes the 13th player picked after being developed by now K-State head coach Jerome Tang. Very nice. Very, very nice. So cool to see his name called. He deserves it. He really has worked so hard. Before we get to more on Keontae's situation with Oklahoma City, I just got to say, I I took in a lot of the draft last night. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't think I necessarily like – I just – I had a tough time enjoying the draft because you have – G League elite. You have a, a bunch of European guys. Like it's just too many people I've never heard of mm-hmm. to truly enjoy the process of what exactly is taking place. Like the NFL draft, I've heard of a lot of the first round guys sprinkle in through the rest of the rounds. A number of guys in the Big Twelve, or you know, some names I'd heard in passing or watching random games of college football. I've heard of a decent amount of guys. I hadn't heard of a whole lot of these guys in the NBA draft, and plus. Once you get past, boy, it felt like the first 10 picks, it was a snooze fest. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. it wasn't that enjoyable to watch. didn't seem like Jay Billis really wanted to be there that much. He was ready for that thing to be over. The arena was about empty heading into the second round, so people didn't want to stick around for that. I also think it's weird when players are sitting in the stands for the draft, and they're picked in the second round in the in the 50s, and they come out of the stands. Uh, to me, that's really weird. I, I don't know. The NBA draft is really weird to me. It's, it's hard to enjoy. Yeah. You know, okay, so first, the NFL draft, that the, the scenario behind that has been grandfathered in, I think. People, you really have to enjoy the NFL to like the NFL draft even, because that can get a little boring after sure. a while, too. My thing with – so – I used to do trivia around town. You know, I'd do trivia around town. And they t- they would tell me, slow it up a little. Slow it up. We want to keep people around. Well, after about two hours of doing trivia, people are like, I'm kind of ready to go home. That's what it's like. These advertisers want the draft to stretch, keep going and going and going and going. And it's like. It's, well, it's, it's turned into, again, it, it all goes back to the old Olympic style of 
setting up because they want the stories. Yeah. They want the stories. Uh, and, you know, if you watch, just as an example, the CBC do the Olympics, you get a much different product than watching the Americanized versions of the Olympics that we now have on NBC and used to be on ABC. Because they don't do the background stories, the the tearjerkers. They don't do any of that. They just show you the events. I think that that would be – I think the NBA should rethink it. I think they're trying to use the NFL model. That's how you do drafts. I don't think that's how you do drafts. I really don't. Uh, The the NFL one has become a spectacle, and there is intrigue and stuff, but – the N- NBA one just comes up short, and it's been coming up short for a long time. If you look at some of the drafts, like the 2013 NBA draft, for just a reference, horrible. Those guys never, none of them panned out. I think a couple of them. Um, but the NBA draft, I don't know. The lottery is so much funner than the actual draft. When they do the lottery, that is awesome. They need to spice it up a little bit. They The NFL draft model does not work for the NBA, and it sure enough doesn't work for the MLB draft either. That yeah. one is just brutal. Yeah, in the second round, like the ESPN was coasting through that. They, yeah. they took a ton of commercials. I was like, I think we were extremely lucky to actually hear Keontae's name get announced for live sure. on TV. For sure. Because they were taking a break every two minutes. And I'm yep. like, man, if Marquise gets, you know, you know, backdoors his way into a pick. We're not going to hear it because they're taking commercials, crazy. and they're just going to recap when they get back. That was a bit irritating to me. But Keontae does get picked. It was right around I said yesterday, right around that fiftieth pick is when he would get picked up. So it was it was kind of on the money on where he was selected, fiftieth overall to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, like I said, be, it being near the end of the draft, it's a two way contract situation. So, from what I understand with the Thunder, and maybe. Troy, maybe you, Deej, can you know fill me in a little bit more because again, I don't follow the NBA that closely. But from what from my research and what that told me is, Oklahoma City entering this draft, and they also got Casey Wallace from Kentucky, who K State beat yeah. in the NCAA tournament. They weren't really in a situation to where they needed to find starters. They just needed to find depth. They needed a couple more pieces to battle for minutes off the bench. Is that about right? I think that that's about right, that they feel like that they're in a position to where uh, if you add depth and quality depth, that they're going to be in a pretty good role going into next year. They're always in the running for, we're going to be able to go with this roster and turn over a few draft picks and a couple guys like a Keontae Johnson in a package for a big guy. You know what I mean? Like for, if they went like, a DeMar DeRozan, if they felt like he would get them over the hump, they're going to package a couple second-rounders, a Keontae Johnson and probably this Case and Wallace kid, and send him for that. And I, I think – but the development that they will allow Keontae Johnson to do in Oklahoma City, can't wait. I think they found a diamond in the rough. And I'm just – I'm partial to that, but – they're going to be happy they drafted him. That's for sure. They had the opportunity to take a chance on a guy, and they decided Keontae Johnson is that chance. Mm-hmm. There, it was reported that their GM, uh, Sam Presti, they did their due diligence mm-hmm. to make sure he is healthy, ready to go. And coming up here in just a few moments, we'll hear from Keontae, and he'll do, give us a few details about that visit and workout with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then he also said Marquise Noel. He was not drafted, but it took like two minutes after the draft, and the word got out on who picked him up. 
and it's none other than the Toronto Raptors. And my first thought was, well, next week when we got a full week of shows, it's two hours each. I'm like, you know what? Good week to book some guests. How about somebody out of Canada? And I'm like, how much does it cost to call Canada? (laughs) (laughs) I have Travion get on that. Google, what does it cost to call Canada? 35 cents an hour. Call it collect. Put the bill on them. You know what I'm saying? Call 1-800-COLLECT. Is 1-800-COLLECT still a real thing? I'm sure. My God. Dial it up. I I have no idea. I feel like that's just like a prison thing. It is. (laughs) $1.55. A dollar fifty a minute. Let, let's find out. You want to go call? Uh, you want to go make a, a phone call from our short PD? interview? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember the old WWF pay per views being brought to you by one eight hundred collecting? They used to have like the balloon in the air. Jason Alexander was on those commercials. But for Keontae, he has signed a two way contract. As a matter of fact, I saw for the first time, and I just retweeted it at Mitch the Ford on Twitter of him getting the call. From the Raptors. There's actually a FaceTime with I, who I believe is the GM of the Raptors saying, hey, we want to sign you to a two-way contract. He accepted it. It looked like Marquise was wearing a uh, like a pinkish suit. Kind of looked like a velvet suit or something. I don't know velvet. I don't know what velvet is. <laughs> I just think it looks like it. But uh, he looked sharp, and he was with a lot of family and friends. There was a big <laughs> celebration. The celebration is on, and it did not shock me because you could probably guess – the first name that was brought up in comparison to Marquise Noel, and I'll give you a hint, he just decided to go as an unrestricted free agent and leave the Raptors. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet, right? Fred Van Vliet, oh, former geez. Wichita State Shocker, who is 6'1", yeah, but bigger. it's the style of play. Mm-hmm. It's the style of play Fred Van Vliet has that is crazy comparable to Marquise Noel. Defense is one thing. Passing certainly is another with the assist. And Marquise yeah. Noel, I bet you in the G League, he's going to be the best assist guy that G League is going to see uh, this summer for sure with the summer stuff. But also like the range. And, you know, I can remember like early on with Fred Van Vliet, like I think it irritated some people about the range that he would shoot and you know, he would brick mm-hmm. some once in a while. He'd make one once in a while, but a lot of bricks. And then it, you know, he started to score and was playing good defense and shooting well. And all of a sudden, it turned into a four-year, eighty-five million dollar contract for six-one Fred Van Vliet, who was an unrestricted free agent, two-way contract guy. And it made it. He made it work. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, with the Toronto Raptors, they are going into this next season and into the summer with only one point guard on the roster, as in signed to the roster for the, the Raptors, and they got a, you know, a handful of others that are going to basically fight for roster spots. So you know, Marquise Noel with the two-way contract, like Keontae, is going to have a shot to try to fight for some minutes maybe. You never know what the situation is going to be to where he gets called up. But as I've said before, Marquise makes it. He'll be tied for the fourth shortest player in NBA history if wow. he plays a single second. Wow! At five seven and whatever and whatever, uh, you know, sixteenth of an inch or whatever. <laughs> Get your tape measure out. Hopefully, you can read it. <laughs> and by the way, the Raptors also picked up Grady Dick, so yeah. he'll be playing with uh, Ruby Slippers. That suit, man. Mm. I think you got to be a. You gotta be a. Uh, you gotta have a certain kind of swagger to wear something. I think you don't got it. He, yeah, that's the thing. Before last night, Grady Dick zero swagger. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the, the you know, I don't know. I appreciate him trying For at least. sure. It's just like certain people can rock looks like that. And you go, whoa, that is nice. Well, I, I can't remember if I said it on air, but I told Troy yesterday, when I first saw the video, I thought that was Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like him. It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, someone sent out the, uh, who is this uh, wrong name or wrong answers only. And I went with the Bill Murray character out of Kingpin. <laughs> When you go with some of what I he was seen wearing, I've been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My comparison was if Darren Hall became an MC in the '90s. Oh. That's something. I also saw a magician comparison. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's really funny. Uh, when we come back, and by the way, summer league stuff is where we're getting a first opportunity to see these guys in action with their uh, pro franchises. Oklahoma City will be competing in Salt Lake City July 3rd through the 6th, so that's the earliest. And then both Toronto and OKC will be playing in Vegas, of course, the 7th through the 17th. I think they're each playing four games. I was hoping they'd play each other. They're not. But I'll tell you what, Dean Wade was the latest example that we for sure know of. Yeah. Two-way contract route, and now he is uh, making double figure, or he's making seven, uh, seven figures with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to hear from Keontae Johnson next on the game. We're back on the game. Mitch, Troy, Deej, Trey, 537-1350, the phone number to call the show if you want to. Uh, somebody needs to tell Travis Goff, probably time to shut it down. Just get off Twitter, dude. Athletic director at Kansas. What was it, a day or two ago, KUSports.com released this story of a um, – a, a consultant has told KU Athletics if they want to build this 55,000 square foot conference center, their you know upscale hotel area, concert venue around the booth, Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, they should shrink its uh, the stadium's capacity from over 47,000 down to 39,000. Ooh, of course you know some KU fans and maybe some fans that aren't KU fans uh, responded to that and now Goff is like retweeting them going Goff not exactly mm-hmm. like it's not trash talking or anything actually maybe kind of if anything kind of getting after his own fans saying you know hey first of all love our you know consultants and then it's like but listen we're not going to go below 40,000 but yet started to say like hey look at uh, look at Houston. You, look at UCF. Maybe their better modern time football program. They're selling out their season tickets, and we as KU fans need to do better at buying tickets, donating money, NIL, and of course, you know they got that grant from the Kansas government. Uh, what was it, eighty-five million to Jeez. go towards renovations? While K State has to scratch out, you know, a mere twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they get from the legislature and have to as to take care of the rest of the money itself. And honestly, like I, you know, I don't mind him kind of going after KU fans a little bit. I mean, this should be uh, at least what they feel like on paper. It should be a pretty good year for football. I would imagine their ticket sales have got to be up a little bit. So buy well, some tickets. And also, they don't want they definitely you know who in in, in college football one and especially the Power Five level wants to take a hit in in you know stadium capacity. No, nobody. No, no. It's a bad look. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, college basketball is one thing. If you're doing it in football mm. and you're only at fifty, you're, you're less than fifty thousand already. And you may drop to thirty nine thousand. That yeah, that's that that had to have gone over at the conference office pretty poorly too. 
Well, it would make it would make Memorial Stadium in Lawrence the lowest capacity in the Big Twelve, even with all the newbies coming in. Really? Uh, yeah. If they go under forty thousand, because who is it? It's it's Houston. Yes. Houston is it, and I think Cincinnati. Cincinnati might be also at forty thousand. Yes, and that was after they did quite a bit of renovation to theirs to rebuild in case they played in that renovated not too long ago. Well, I remember. In in the current teams, you know, the ten. Baylor would be the lowest, other than KU at forty five thousand, roughly. You know, you're you're looking at yes, I understand. There's this move to right size stadiums and get them to where you know they're not so ostensibly overblown like the big house, mm-hmm. which is unreal to even just drive past. <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is, is you know, the challenge for all of college football right now, and it's going to continue to be the challenge for college football, is selling out those stadiums, making sure that you get every seat filled. And we know how KU struggles at this. And, you know, the fact that backing it down to a number that would be manageable isn't necessarily the worst idea in the world for them. It's at least a reflection of, hey, listen, we understand our fan base isn't filling this place up, so let's work this to our advantage, back down the number a bit, and if the teams get good, then we can jack the prices, and it will be like going to Allen Fieldhouse. I was thinking, like, I was trying to put my myself in like Travis Goff's shoes. Is like, is it was he thinking like the way this this article made KU look like? In a way, they're kind of like slightly ditching football, waving the white flag, and, and putting more money towards the area, but also trying to like bring people and do this entertainment area and not have it all just focused around football, clearly, but more focus is going towards the entertainment part, not football. The grant makes them makes them in a or puts them in a position where they have to try to sell it that way though. Yep. That grant puts them in a position where there is the outcry that you have, including from yours truly, you're spending tax money on a football stadium and all of the other pieces, the bells and whistles, don't happen if you don't take care of the football stadium with that grant money. That was the, the wrong approach and folks are upset about that. It's all it, it's already hard enough to park <laughs> at, oh. at Memorial Stadium. Well, in the article, this consultant is saying, hey, you know that big east area that you have parking in? Let's just take all that out. It, it's unreal how different that whole area is anyway from what it used to be when it comes to parking and the like. It was tough 30 years ago to try and find a parking spot there. But Goff in his tweets even tries to play up, no, we're, we're keeping tailgating. Yeah, good luck with that. Not a whole lot of it. Uh, yeah, well, especially I, like if they want to take out that east side parking lot, and then and I think the you know part of the plan is to build uh, like parking garages. But if you've ever been to a game in Austin, Texas, you know they they try to tailgate in a parking garage, and it's Lincoln, Nebraska, same same deal, same deal. That your most convenient parking spaces are in the garages, and good luck with that. That is by far the weirdest part of that whole thing in Nebraska. Is like the stadium's so impressive, and everyone's there, and you're like, "Where's the tailgating? <laughs> like, what's, yeah. you know, like, what's going on here?" And you're like, "Oh, you park in a parking garage, and you walk down there." Yeah, the, and the, the number one flaw there is that, and and 
location of the stadium literally had nothing to do with it. It's that they built the highway so close to the stadium when they built the interstate. Yeah, Uh, unreal. Fun fact, uh, the first time I called a soccer game at Texas, uh, the soccer stadium, it's... uh, Mike Myers, Mike A. Myers mm-hmm. Stadium. Michael it's Myers. A, it's a big um, track and field uh, stadium. It's got to be. It's probably one of the biggest in the country. It has to be. And it sits right up almost against a frontage road and, and the interstate, doesn't yeah, it? Uh, yes, pretty close. As a matter of fact, it's it's kind of right in between DKR in the and the Texas football practice outdoor yeah. field. It's kind of like uh, diagonally to it. As a matter of fact, last time I was there with KU. Uh, there was a practice going on, and man, was there a lot of shouting, and it was not positive. I just kind of stood outside the fence and just listened to it because after I was running my stairs and I was listening to all this, like this is extremely entertaining. I can't see what's going on because right. I got the fences all covered up like K State does, but it was entertaining. But the first time I called a K State game from that Mike A. Meyer Stadium, it was on top of the parking garage, right? Because the, the press box that's also connected to the parking garage was full, so they just set me up a tent on top of the top parking, of the parking garage. garage. And I just looked over the, uh, you know, the, the 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 cement barrier at the top. <laughs> Sacramento State has the misfortune of having their baseball stadium left field to left center is literally a parking garage. Oh. Hang so, something up over yeah, there. Yeah. It's I mean, Ivy they, or something. <laughs> the, there is no way of prettying yeah. that up. No. And, you know, with with them over there, it just, over there. It just goes to show you, <laughs> you know, here we have a plan and we have an idea and a vision of what we want everything to look like. So we have it step by step by step and we're knocking it down one by one. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. When you are relying on short money and you're relying on short time to do it and you're relying on hey just let's just get this throw this thing together and find out and you're relying on consultants who have looked at it quickly and are trying to pump this thing out as fast as you can this is what you get this is what you get your plans look stinky and everybody's mad because now it's tax money you're using and so everybody feels like they do have a say in it and stuff that's why you raise the money the way the case they did, and that way you call your own shots. And I bet they do. They look at, like, the Shamrock Zone and stuff like that that K-State puts down, and they go, we need that too. Oh, you know, we need that. We need that. We need that. And, but they didn't know that. That was a lot of planning and a lot of, like, fundraising and a lot of time that someone and a lot of people took to think about how it was going to look and how it was going to go in each piece meaningfully being built and, and put somewhere. Not just overnight, oh my God, we won six games, let's do it. This is what you get. This is what you get. So have fun. I hope it stinks. I hope whatever <laughs> they built falls apart. There is going to be one interesting aspect, by the way, as we talk about fundraising going forward, and that is that K-State is going to have someone new at the helm of the Ahern Fund. Josh McCowan Josh getting McCowan, the yeah. job yesterday for Deputy AD for Athletics Advancement at Mississippi State. Clay Center guy, by the way. Really? He, he, he was like a uh, – I don't know if he was like – he was on like the staff with um, – gosh, now I'm, now I'm kind of blanking of the timeline because he's older than me. His younger sister was in the grade above me. I can't remember who – he's like – like it's almost like a – I don't even know what to call it. It was like – like lowest man on the totem pole, but he was like on the staff uh-huh. at the time. Uh-huh. 
for for K State basketball. He'd been involved with K State basketball at least for a very long time. I know he had maybe bounced around to Colorado for a second or whatever, but he's been a K State guy for a, a long time now. Going to Mississippi State, it's a Clay Center guy. Get him out of here. We needed to get him out of here hey, a couple years ago. As far as I understand, ever since he's been with K-State, it's been build this, build that, That's succeed true. here, succeed there. I mean, get him back here. Been a, been a pretty decent piece of the puzzle. Yeah, come on. Get him back here. Too, it's it's too bad he's a Clay Center guy. No, I'm just kidding. Shout out to Clay by Center. By the way, shout out to that new stadium. I've driven by a couple of times. It's looking pretty good. I, looking. I, I know there's a lot of Clay Center people, the new Auto D Unruh Stadium, or I, I, it may not be that name anymore, but were unhappy that all this money was being spent, and of course they didn't read articles and notice where the money was actually coming from. Um, it's like you know we could use this money to you know pay the teachers more. You know, I get that. <laughs> you know that's an argument that will last forever. Every, every yeah, yeah. But that previous stadium was, I, I mean, there's there was no saving it. You no. could have tried, but it would have been a gigantic amount of money. It was time to upgrade. Do something nice for the football program. Do something nice for Rocky. Give him a real comfortable place to call some games. <laughs> and finally, yeah. upgrade to turf. For sure. Oh, and by the way, the old stadium faced the west. Yeah. Who made that bad that decision? That was a bad decision. Face it to the east. Man, nobody wants to stare into the sun when they watch their team play. You know, and it's like when you build something during the Civil War, it's going to be tough. You know, like that's where they housed like horses. Well, I, I remember War. last time I had Curry Sexton on, I was like, did you guys ever actually dress? At that stadium, I'm pretty sure they had to roll in with at least their pants on because the the the, the locker rooms were just like the home team, us, the Tigers. We had to dress at the high school and then take a bus across town, really? and just like get off the bus and start warming up right away. There was oh, no going to the locker room right. and dressing or anything. I was like, you know what? What a luxury that sounds like to yeah. just roll up to the stadium and dress there. Yeah, you know. Oh, that is wild. That's wild, man. You know, I, you know, I heard that uh, – well, didn't – like, so you played Abilene. Did they have dirt floors on their uh, their uh, visitor's locker room? I thought I heard it was either Abilene or maybe Chapman had uh, dirt floors on there. I don't think it was Chapman. I honestly don't remember. Okay. Because that's what I thought I heard, and I was like, oh, my God. Because I only remember dressing in Abilene once, and I was like a sophomore in high school. The worst – the worst um, – we played – in Manhattan, we played at Hutch – and the, their old stadium, the visitors' locker room, is underneath the bleachers. So you have to, like, walk towards their bleachers and then down the stairs. And, man, that was – and then you go in there, and, of course, there's a bunch of, like, equipment and stuff. They just barely move anything for us to get in there. The showers didn't work. It was horrible. It looked like it was built in 1856. It was terrible. But now it looks great, apparently. But, yeah, that's what they're going to look like down the street, I think. i tell you what, let's take a break. Travion's a little distracted right now. They're probably going over trivia stuff. Yeah, so let's just talk about in. something. They're talking about trivia. I, you know, Travion is actually going to be hosting a trivia night here in town very soon. Oh, really? Where at? Uh, well, if he wants to tell us, he can tell Applebee's. us. Applebee's. Let's take a break, and then if he wants to tell us, he can. I want to get to the Keontae Johnson audio, and plus, yeah. it's a big football recruiting weekend. More on that next on The Game. Yeah. What's the difference between me and you? Me and you, me and you, me and you. I think it's bed music's on like a rotator. I feel like I keep hearing the same songs, but in the same pattern. Really? Switch it up! Am I right about that? I mean, if you think so, yeah. Do you plug in the your own beds or just kind of... It, it's in what we call in radio rotator, so it just kind of just goes through all of them. Um, you just, I plug it's them It's already in, plugged yeah. in, okay. 
switch it up. Keep I gotta, I gotta have the option to plug him in. Like you just, you, you, you gotta feel it out, feel out the show. Maybe a different segment calls for a different song. For sure. Maybe a song relates to the segment. It's, it's, it calls for different stuff, and you gotta switch it up, but not the way that Big Steve used to. Or he, we'd be well, coming into something like, <laughs> like machines like beating each other up. I hate that crap, man. Get out of here. Keontae Johnson, one year yeah. with the Cats, is the first Cat selected in seven years in the NBA draft. He is going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. It's not too far from here, guys. I feel like the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base kind of stretched up to the north a little bit. Dude, same. I'm going. Might I'm have to going. Start, we might have to pick up the games here on K-Man. You never know. Whoa! Uh, let's hear from Key. He spoke to the media after being selected. If you could talk a lot about today and just leading up to tonight and all the emotions you must have felt. Today, I mean, my agent told me, uh, winning down today, I'm going to play in the NBA. So my mind was just... Maintain, um, just trust the process of what team will give me the chance. Um, just staying patient. Uh, I feel like, um, mentally, um, never try to get down. And when my name got called and I got that call, everything, um, just all the relief just fell off my shoulders. The best feeling I felt in a while. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's definitely an unbelievable feeling, um, to be the first really from my area in a long time to make it to the draft. So just have all my family, friends while I'm at it was great. I know, I know it's really fresh, but can you just speak to Oklahoma City Thunder? Were they really interested in you from the get-go? And tell me a little bit about that process. Um, it was a good process. I mean, when I got there, um, they took me out to eat. First night, talked to some of the GMs and worked out. had a good workout. Felt like uh, I showed them a lot of things and that I can do that they were looking for. And then went out to eat later on that night. I stayed the extra night, so I wanted to eat again with them. And it was just a good conversation. Um, just got to know them. Just being me, I felt I felt comfortable talking to them. I feel like they felt comfortable with me, and just uh, the vibes connected and everything. Was just history from there. Hey, Key. You know, you know, OKC being uh, the closest NBA team to Manhattan. You know, how special is that for you know Cats fans? Going to be kind of regional to you still. Uh, it's definitely special. I mean, knowing that I'm gonna have um, fan bases with me. Traveling to OKC is not that far, so just knowing that they're going to travel and support me, um, make me feel like second home. So it's, it's, it's definitely a blessing that this happened. Yeah, and I know this was just about five minutes ago. Uh, Marquise just signed a two-way with the Raptors, according to Shane. Uh-huh. So what, what's the reaction to that? No, nah, I didn't even know. I was just uh, – I've been up here. I couldn't even see. I was trying to watch see he got it. Uh, me and him called each other. He called me out the mines, and so I was going to call him. But, I mean – We've been talking about it every uh every week. Um, we call each other after every workout and just telling us like it's almost here and I'm just blessed that he got the opportunity to live his dream uh two ways. So he's gonna show teams what he's capable of and I'm definitely proud of him for sure. Hey Key, you know, we we've learned a lot about you and your journey over the last year or so and what you've been through. I'm just curious with what happened to you at Florida to tonight, what what does that mean to you to have this experience and to uh, hear your name called considering, you know, the, the journey that you've been on? I mean, it was just, I mean, everybody's seen it, though. It was definitely a traumatizing experience that it happened. Uh, I feel like that made me a different man today. I feel like that was the, a good thing that could happen. Uh, I see life differently, my perspective on life, and just a game of basketball, knowing that it can be taken away from you, so... Just try to take advantage of every moment and have fun as much as I can with it, just knowing um, that it can be gone. So every day I'm on the court, I give my all, um, show 
how relaxed I am on the court, and I just appreciate OKC for giving me to fulfill my dream. Well, with that, what what are you most excited for to be a part of the the Oklahoma City Thunder organization? Um, well, my former teammate on the team, so just reconnecting with him. Um, Trey Man, I played with him at Florida the year I collapsed, so just connecting back with him, just knowing I know somebody on the team. Um, it's definitely always a good feeling, and knowing OKC was my favorite team growing up when you have Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. So it's just it's crazy. Like it's all a surreal moment right now. Does does it make it a little more exciting knowing that they have such a young, exciting core and a, a bright future as an organization? Uh yes. I mean, everybody's on the team gonna be hungry and wanting to win. So the young core, I feel like we're gonna push each other every day to get better. And it's only gonna make us better as a team as well and connect. Once again, that is Keontae Johnson. He spoke to the media. This was after midnight uh, last night after being drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. His team was OKC growing up. How about that? That's awesome. Never would have guessed a, a kid for, well, you know, knowing who was on the team, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, among others, you know, those were some pretty good teams back then. I could see a kid, young kid gravitating towards those guys. That whole squad, when they had, they had those two, Harden, Serge Ibaka, like, I thought this team is going to be good for the next 20 years. And just couldn't keep them together, man. Harden had to take off. Meanwhile, for uh, for K-State football this weekend, I know D.Y. and I touched on this on Wednesday as we were wrapping up our discussion. This will be a much bigger discussion heading into next week. That is, you know, recruiting for K-State. This is going to be a pretty big weekend, especially for in-state recruiting as K-State dominated in-state recruiting for the class of 2023. K-State, for the second straight year, is trying to lock up the number one player in the state of Kansas, and that is Michael Boganowski. For most of the recruiting sites, has Michael Boganowski as a four-star linebacker. He's from Junction City. Saw him play last year in JC against Manhattan. The kid's a stud, and I'm sure he's going to be a lot better uh, when I see him play against the Tribe coming up this year uh, at uh, at Bishop Stadium. And we know how to spell his name, unlike OU. Yes, they misspelled his first name, Michael. M-A-M-I, <laughs> was it M-E, oh, M-I-C? You can't even give him a pass on Boganowski. No, it was Michael. <laughs> they mixed up the A and the E. Yeah, oh yeah. But just an incredible talent. Oh. He is taking his official visit this weekend. This will be his seventh visit to K-State. And meanwhile, Caden Massey is also going to be visiting K-State this weekend. Massey, uh, according to 24-7 Sports, is actually the number one player in the state of Kansas. He is a 6'8", 270-pound offensive lineman from Linden, Kansas. Uh, With Boganowski as well, sounds like Oklahoma is heavy in on the recruit with these two players as well. But K-State trying to do what they can to keep them in state, keep them home, and then becoming Wildcats. The thing is, if you look at the top six, the consensus top six for the recruiting sources, K-State already has two of the top six committed for the future. And those two players are John Price, the running back from Blue Valley. He's a three-star kid uh, who is in the top six. And then you have Gus Hawkins, who is a 6'6 offensive tackle, three-star from Mill Valley. He's also committed to K-State. The rest of the top six not committed anywhere. The only other I see in the top 10 or 15 out of the state of Kansas that is committed elsewhere is Callan Barta. This was very recent, actually. He's a safety from Seaman High School who has picked Nebraska. But also, uh, let's see, i got to pull up the list again. Also visiting this weekend, a couple of uh, K-State commits already. Jake Stonebreaker from um, 
He is a safety. He's a three-star kid. Quarterback Blake Barnett, who's a three-star, is visiting as well. Plus Ryan Howard, Will Howard's brother. Not to be confused with Ryan Howard from The Office or Ryan Howard that used to play for the Philadelphia Phillies, That's, although yeah. maybe was he named after Ryan Howard from the Phillies? I don't know. There's that possibility. Now we're talking, baby. Uh, but also visiting that not committed is Caleb Red, who's an edge rusher, a three-star kid, and, and Plus Johnson, who's a wide receiver, another three-star visiting, visiting this weekend as well. So it is a big recruiting weekend. A number of guys taking official visits Best of luck to K-State and also all the recruits visiting. Welcome to K-State. Welcome to Manhattan. Let's take our final break of the show. A really quick break, Travion. When we come back, Deej takes over with some Ask Us Anything after these words. In three, two. Hey, it's K-Man. It's 1350 KMAN. That's news talk. That's sports. That's weather. Whether you like it or not. Hey, um, (laughs) what is something that is... You consider actually highway robbery, but people still pay for it. That's a good question. I would say a beef jerky for sure. People, I saw a dude buy a twenty dollar bottle of be- or a bag of beef jerky once. I was like, damn, he loves that stuff. Things that people pay for and it's way too expensive. It's, it's way, highway robbery. It's highway robbery, but people still be just throwing down on it. Ice cream. Ooh, like blizzard, like blizzards or cyclones are like way too expensive. Dude, blizzards be getting They're up, up there, there now. man. Jeepers creepers. Um, Starbucks, mm-hmm. coffee, Ugh. coffee in general. Yeah, from that, any of the places. How, how about how about jewelry, diamonds, diamonds, man. Especially now that they can be made in a in a lab, essentially, as opposed yeah. to having to yeah. be mined for. Well, that's the thing, like the mining of jewelry and, and diamonds or whatever, like there is a ton out there. They shouldn't be that expensive, but that's like the that's the the uh, the, the model, the business model. Like you uh, just roll them out slowly and make them more. What's the uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Scarce. Scarce, I guess. Yeah. You say, hey, man, high demand, low uh, supply for sure. Kind of like KU football tickets. Going oh, forward. my goodness. That's the opposite. Yeah, yeah I know. That, the very that, that was the joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, name the best lead singer or solo artist you've ever seen in your life. Oh, man. Why? Vince Neil. Oh. <laughs> Motley Crue. Oh. Should have known. Should have known. Yeah. How about, uh, actually, to be honest with you, LeJean Witherspoon, Seven Dust, one of my favorite bands. The way he sings, he crushes it every time, and he still has that voice. Right on. I'm going to go with Billy Joel or George Strait. I mean. Very nice. Michael McDonald. We're out. Shout out to him. Go Cats. Have a good weekend. Bye.